Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. The demand for no and low alcohol wine, beer, and spirits skyrocketed during the pandemic, rising 315% in the last year alone. But here's the twist. It's not only non-drinkers buying these new products, but a wide variety of people who do drink. What's behind this transformation of consumption, which I'd guess is even stronger here in the Bay Area? We'll talk with an industry watcher and get your perspectives and favorite NA drinks. Then we'll sit down with the chief of Oakland's violence prevention program, Guillermo Cespedes, to find out what his department is doing to blunt the rise of homicides in the city. That's all next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Maybe you've noticed them at the supermarket or targeting you in your Instagram feed. A new class of non-alcoholic drinks, not your traditional O'Doul's or St. Pauli, but sleek new brands catering to the whole spectrum of drinkers and non-drinkers. Just this week, I walked into Berkeley Bowl West and saw, during SF Beer Week, no less, an entire display for canned margaritas that promised two things. They were one, non-alcoholic, and two, fun. Here to talk with us about this trend, we're joined by wine and spirits writer Kate Dingwall, who's been tracking this booming market for Forbes.com, among other places. Welcome, Kate. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And we'd also love to hear from you, listeners. Do you find yourself gravitating towards new non-alcoholic options during the long pandemic? What got you to try them? Give us a call. The number's 866-733-6786. Going to open the phones early today. That's 866-733-6786. You can get in touch Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or KQED Forum. Or you can email your questions and comments to forum at kqed.org. So, Kate, I'd love to ask you about this this market, is it just a pandemic phenomenon? Or was this kind of a pre-existing trend that the pandemic may be amplified? We've been seeing this trend towards non-alcoholic beverages for, I'd say, the last six or seven years, but it was definitely accelerated by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We were all stuck at home, especially those first few months. We didn't have the option to go to bars. And I don't know about you, but I drank way too much wine those first few months. So there was definitely that moment of self-reflection, like all that time spent at home, we kind of had a moment to look at our health and look at what we're drinking. And because of that, we really saw this huge rapid acceleration of fantastic non-alcoholic options. People were looking not just at non-alcoholic spirits or the aduls, like you mentioned earlier, but people were, we've now seen non-alcoholic seltzers, non, really fantastic non-alcoholic wines, uh, a whole rainbow of products come to market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it did seem like during the early pandemic, all you heard was sort of people were drinking too much. And this did feel sort of like a response to it, like people still needed some sort of drink to differentiate night from day or whatever, day from <laughs> night, but uh, but wanted something else. Um, when that started to happen, what was kind of the history of these non-alcoholic spirits, say, 
um, that could be drawn on and and that people might want to understand? I'd say the non-alcoholic spirit sector started growing maybe around 2015 with a brand called Seedlip. It's a fantastic vodka-ish, gin-ish product made out in England. Uh, and it was the first brand to really say, hey, we want to have some cocktails, but we don't want to drink. Here is a spirit-ish product that will let you make all those cocktails you love about making at home or at bars, but it won't leave you super hungover. So that seed lip continued to gain a lot of speed up until kind of 2020. And then all of a sudden we're all stuck at home and new products are hitting the market. Now there's non-alcoholic rum, there's non-alcoholic tequilas. There's a really a huge spectrum of categories. So you can really make a home bar cart, like a really complete bar cart with a range of spirits, which is really exciting. And it gives a lot of options. Uh, And one of the big things we've seen over the pandemic, it's not just uh, people who don't drink who are drinking these products. It's people who want to maybe moderate their drinking and kind of be a little more conscious about their consumption. Yeah. It does seem like the the at least supposed hard line between drinkers and and non-drinkers sort of got erased and turned into more of the spectrum, right? Um, Particularly among like younger ages. Yeah, and these products are great for if you're out with friends and maybe you want to have two drinks, but you want something in your hand. So you can have a martini and then you'll swap to something non-alcoholic to really extend your night. It'll make the night a little bit clearer. It's a little more conscious of your health. You're going to be able to wake up and go to work nice and early in the next morning. You're going to be able to get that workout in in the morning. And it's kind of a bit about balance. Like you can still have fun and go out with your friends and have a drink, but you're not throwing off the rest of your week with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that you're also a sommelier and, you know, beer strikes me as like just a little a little cruder implement. I love beer. Nothing wrong with beer, but it strikes me as just, you know, a, a little bit easier maybe to do without alcohol in it. Um, wines seem very difficult. Have you had or heard about um, great non-alcoholic wines? Boy, I remember writing a piece on non-alcoholic beers and wines probably back in 2018 and 2019, and woof, there were not a lot of great options, and I really avoided the category like the plague for a long time, but there's a couple brands who are actually doing it really well. My partner doesn't drink, so I like cracking open a bottle of wine, and I want something that we can both drink. So I've been trying brands like Acid League, and there's a new brand called Null Wines that actually makes something that me, being a picky sommelier, (laughs) likes drinking with dinner. I was really surprised at how good they've got. That's one of the big things with the explosion of the non-alcoholic sector is there's so much more innovation. People are really driving to make really good products that compete with all these brands and all like the categories growth. So we're getting some pretty solid options out there. Yeah. We're talking about the booming non-alcoholic wine, beer and spirits industry with Kate Dingwall, food and drink contributor at Forbes.com, freelance writer on wine and spirits. She's also, as you just heard, a sommelier. We'd love to hear from you. If you've long abstained from alcohol, what do you make of this new range of offerings? Do you have a beverage of choice, everybody out there, that is uh, non-alcoholic? You can give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can get in touch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. Or the email, of course, is forum at kqed.com. You know, Meredith tweeted at us, my husband and I have cut way back on alcohol, but still want adult flavors 
and ritual. They scratch an itch, but don't leave us feeling anxious, depressed, short-tempered, unmotivated, etc. And we can enjoy them outside the times I would normally drink. And I wanted to ask, you know, Kate, how much do you think this is sort of a, you know, the original soft drink, you know, the original uh, non-alcoholic drink, of course, you know, going back to temperance times was the soft drink. But in some places, particularly in health-conscious communities and, and families, people aren't going to go to soda for that sort of soft drink. So they maybe are sliding over into this category. Definitely. And there is no, nothing wrong with Coca-Cola, but cracking a can at an adult party feels a little infantile. So that's where some of these new products are coming in. They have a little bit more of an elevated taste. They're a little more complex in their flavor profiles. And they're a good option. They're quenchable. They're refreshing. It's a nice option for a soda that's a little more adult in flavor profiles and a little bit lower in sugar too, which is one of the main reasons with those soda pops there. High in sugar, you can get really hyper. It's not great for your teeth. So these options kind of walk that really great line of elevated in flavor, but it's conscious of calories and sugars and all those other things we're looking for. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering where this great Bay Area uh, drink, kombucha, obviously people drink it <laughs> everywhere, but in the Bay Area, I mean, it can be stunning to walk into some of our grocery stores uh, and see see the lines and lines of kombuchas. Is that considered a piece of the non-alcoholic drink category or low-alcohol drink category, or is it kind of its own thing? I'd say it's more its own thing. It does fall in the... I'm seeing a lot of hard kombuchas recently. Uh, so spiked kombuchas that come in nice little cans, like all your favorite hard seltzers, et cetera. Uh, so kombucha is definitely starting to veer into that non-alcoholic space or into that alcoholic and non-alcoholic space. Yeah, yeah. I've also been wondering about, you know, there have been a string of kind of cannabis drinks that have come out, which also seem, you know, they're obviously different. They have uh, an effect on you that non-alcoholic drink would not. But they seem to kind of be getting into that space between an alcoholic beverage and a non-alcoholic beverage. Yes. And as the non-alcoholic space grows, we're getting these really cool and interesting subcategories. Cannabis beverages is definitely one of them, as is functional beverages. So we're seeing people who want something non-alcoholic, but they want something that offers a little bit more substance. So maybe that's uh, calming effects. Maybe that calms your anxiety, like products like CBD and uh, cannabis and THC. So you're, see, you're seeing these kind of health-driven functional beverages that don't aren't just non-alcoholic. They offer other health benefits. Yeah. What is the what does functional mean in this case, though? It just <laughs> means like, is that more of like a branding category or is it actually uh, something that's in the drink? That's actually you're seeing these things in the drink. So they have different enter, uh, enhancements. They have different uh it's its own subcategory. So they have things like vitamins and minerals and dietary fibers and probiotics and Oh, I think we might have lost Kate, at least for a minute there. Wanted to uh, talk about brand soon, maybe as well with you listeners as well. I have myself have become addicted to one called Hoplark's Citra Bomb Hop Tea, which you can get around both on the internet as well as at some of our local grocery stores. And what I would say about it is it doesn't taste exactly like an IPA if you're a beer drinker, big hoppy kind of beer. 
But it also really does taste um, like an IPA somehow. And I have, in fact, ordered uh, a couple of 12-packs and gotten other people uh, on the forum team hooked on these things. They do have some caffeine in them and maybe fit into that functional beverage category. And there's actually also a whole range of teas that are sort of being brewed with hops so that they have a kind of similar type of you know, kind of beery flavor, the the hops that we associate, particularly with sort of the, the craft beer world. And we'd love to hear from you. Well, do you have something like that? Like, do you have the hop tea in your world? Um, you can give us a call, uh, 866-733-6786. The other thing that we're really interested in is if you work at or own a business, that started to offer these kinds of non-alcoholic options, you know, in the store. Um, so, like, you know, if you go to Cask, like a fancy uh, liquor store here in Berkeley, they now have a fairly substantial non-alcoholic section. But there's also some bars that have begun to do that. Do you work in a bar like that or work in a store like that? We'd love to hear your observations on who's purchasing those things. You can give us a call at 866-733-6786, Twitter, Facebook, Instagrams, KQED Forum. Or, of course, you can email your questions or comments to forum at kqed.org. Noel tweets, as long as the non-alcoholic drinks are better than those horrible alcoholic seltzers. Okay, agreed with that, Noel. And a listener on Instagram writes, and maybe we'll address this after the break, these non-alcoholic drinks taste horrible but cost the same as alcoholic beverages. Just drink water. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We'll be back with more after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about the booming non-alcoholic wine, beer, and spirits industry. Wanted to get to some calls. Alonia from Santa Rosa, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey. Um, so I was just going to say, kind of piggybacking on what you just said, I stopped drinking this past year. I have three young kids, and I just felt like it wasn't the right thing for me. And I was blown away at the number of non-alcoholic beers that are available, you know, in like the big the stores that sell a lot of alcohol. And it really helped me stop drinking because I had the habit of having, you know, two or three drinks a night, and I was able to swap it out, and it, it really helped me stop. So That's that was just... great. And they're yeah. delicious. Yeah. I mean, Alonia, I think like during the pandemic, one thing that I found happening was it just seemed like when you're at home all day, you know, before you'd have a commute or at least the workday would kind of end. And instead, what I noticed, you know, both in myself and people all around me is kind of what you're saying. There's like there needed to be some kind of transition moment and somehow a beverage seemed to help that. Um, what are some of the ones that you really liked? Um, well, locally up here, there's... Um uh, hop water by Lagunitas. I like that, which isn't super um, beery, but I really like that one. And um, there's a, there's Brav House, I think, was one of the brands that I would get that had some good, like, darker, you know, amber ales and, and kind of darker beers. 
Um, so, and now I also, you mentioned kombucha. I drink a lot of kombucha and I really like Revive, which I think is a local brand as well, because it doesn't have caffeine in it. So I can drink it, you know, I can drink a few throughout the day or I can drink it at night and not worry about having the caffeine. That's great. Did you find yourself expanding to any of the other sort of drink categories? I mean, the, of course, the sparkling waters and all those things are kind of adjacent to this trend, I think. Yeah, I mean, I have gone out a few times to, you know, fancy bars and gotten non-alcoholic cocktails with, you know, seed lip or other things. And that's really fun. Um, so I like that. I haven't. I'd be curious to try some of the wines. Um, I've tried some of the non-alcoholic wines before and did not like them at all. So yeah. I want to look up some of the ones that your uh, guest was mentioning to see if they're any better than the ones that I've tried. Yeah, it does. That is. That seems like the ultimate challenge. Thank you so much for your call, Alanya, and uh, sharing your experience. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. You know, Kate Dingwall, we, she's a food and drink contributor at Forbes.com. We've got her back on the line. And Kate, I wanted to ask you about sort of the, some of the infrastructure that is a- allowing these profusion of new drinks. You know, like, for example, in one of your stories, you mentioned that canning technology, I've always wondered about this, that canning technology has actually gotten much easier to access for small producers. Definitely. And it's gotten a little bit more cost accessible. Too. So if you have your, if you're a small business and you have a fantastic idea for a canning product, it's not going to cost you millions to set up that canning line. You're even seeing like more collaborative spaces where almost like a we work for canning products where people can come in, can their products, and get things out on the shelves without having huge overhead, huge investment to start these companies. Which is really, it's really making a really broad and interesting category and as well with the pandemic we weren't in bars so people turned to the internet we really saw a huge wave of brands getting online really starting to meet their customers in their house and in their home so if you've got a computer you can access one of those canning lines you can start a business in the non-alcoholic space yeah you know um i wanted to talk to you about you sort of that the retail, the online retail component of this, which is that, you know, in the retail IRL space, right, they have to compete with alcoholic drinks or soft drinks or whatever. But online, right, these companies have been able to find people, they've been able to find their customers without necessarily having to win shelf space from alcoholic brands. Yes, and you don't have all the red tape that you do with the alcohol space. When you're selling an alcoholic product, you have to ID people. You can't ship across the country. There's restrictions on what stores you can be in, who buys it, who sells it. Without alcohol, you don't have these challenges to face. So you're all of a sudden, it's a lot more uh, easy to get your product out there. You don't have all that red tape of alcoholic brands. <laughs> We're talking about the booming non-alcoholic wine, beer, and spirits industry with Kate Dingwall. She's a food and drink contributor at Forbes.com. Also sommelier, freelance writer. And we'd love to hear from you, particularly if you work at or own a business that started offering these kinds of non-alcoholic options. Or you can give us a call and share your beverage of choice. The phone number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. And let's bring in Jeff from Alameda. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Alexis. So, first of all, listen, I want to give a shout out to Kate and her uh, recommendation for Seedlip. Um, I found it on Facebook a couple of years ago and really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, another shout out for Bravas Beer, um, well distributed. I can get it at my little corner market here in Alameda, so it's not 
online or anything else. But, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask Kate about is I have found that a lot of the just straight out of the bottle spirits like free spirits and some of the other ones tend to be a little thin. They don't have a lot of body. And I have been supplementing those uh, spirits with syrups like boot black. And uh, when I want the still spirit space, I have a couple of drops of grapeseed oil huh. um, and then shaken really good to try and get that better body because it's the one thing that's been disappointing. <clears throat> like to, you want it to be like a little more like viscous. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, right. You know, well, you know when you get a, a really good bourbon, it kind of coats your mouth, and mm-hmm. these don't coat quite as well. So adding a little something to the body, but not changing the flavor. Or with the syrups, actually, their Boot Black does a really nice old-fashioned syrup that makes the bourbon spirit a little more uh, spicy, a little more vanilla character to it, a little more natural. Wow, that's so interesting. Kate, talk to us a little bit about that, right? This is kind of a, an ecosystem of things that can be brought to bear on this problem. I definitely love that idea of having that spicy syrup with the bourbon. You do miss that really nice, like, grip-your-mouth, super-cheeky feeling of that real bourbon. And it is a bit of a learning curve to getting to work with some of these spirits. You do miss that mouthfeel, and you do kind of miss that strong backbone. So I find I tend to balance out my cocktails a little bit. I'll maybe have uh, lean on higher percentages of the non-alcoholic spirits, citrus, bitters. You kind of you can't really lean on those uh, classic cocktail specs. You got to play around with it a little bit to find just what works with the non-alcoholic spirits. I do like brands like Liars and Clean Coat. They're getting pretty good at replicating that mouthfeel. These lips are classic. I'm super psyched that you like that too. But the more these brands get out there and innovate, the more we're getting closer to getting that mouthfeel. Not quite there yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring in Adam from Morgan Hill. Hello. Uh, I am a big, big beer drinker, and um, I've enjoyed that for many years, but I had some health issues this last year, and really I had to cut back on, on how much alcohol I was taking in. So I, mm-hmm. I dove into the non-alcoholic beers, and I found some really great ones out there that are really fitting the bill. And even my wife who doesn't have the same health concerns, is on board with this. So we really enjoy them together now. Yeah, what's the, uh, what are your brands? What are you liking? Uh, the Heineken Zero is really fantastic. It's as, really, as close to the original Heineken as any other non-alcoholic beer is to, to a normal beer. Um, and then the other one I really like is the Brooklyn Brewing Citrus IPA, um, which I can find at my local grocery store, which is, which is fantastic. I also comment that we've tried Sea Lip, and, and I find it, it's okay, but there's a, there's a non-alcoholic gin out of San Diego called Monday, and, and that one's really delicious. That's the best one I've had. Hey, thank you so much for that, Adam. You know, I wanted to ask you, Kate, you know, uh, Adam mentioned Heineken Zero, and we've talked a lot about, you know, the small brands, you know, some of the, the local ones and people selling online, but the big beverage companies, which really control a lot of the market, right? They're getting involved in this space too, yeah. Yeah, they're really starting to play ball in the space. Before you saw brands like Heineken Zero has been around for probably close to a decade, um, but they're all really starting to market it now. It used to be just a product they had in their line. So if you happen to be looking for a Heineken, you had an option that was non-alcoholic. But these major brands are really starting to get out there. Suntory has a really lovely Japanese-style light beer that drinks really well, and they're really pushing it in the U.S. market. That's really fun, but... Again, I mentioned innovation earlier. So the more you see these major brands come into play, they're really starting to put their R&D dollars into the non-alcoholic beer space, which is why we're getting some really cool products out there. Yeah. We're also seeing like 
uh, breweries completely dedicated to non-alcoholic beer as well. And they're doing some cool stuff like Athletic Brewery out of Connecticut has some really a whole line of really fantastic non-alcoholic. Yeah, you know, Athletic Brewing has been targeting me like fairly relentlessly on Instagram. I've noticed, um, and I've been I've been wondering about them too. They like a, a brand like that. Like, how big are they relative to you know some of the the major players in the space, or even like you know one of our our local breweries around here, you know, a, a, like a Temskal Brewing or something. They're probably pretty small in the grand scheme of things. Like. They obviously don't have the big muscle that a brand like Heineken does, but they're starting to gain a lot of ground as a great go-to when you're not looking for that high, like a put some hair on your chest beer alternative. So it's a nice, think of it like a craft brewery. So kind of the same craft versus big brewery. It's a fun option if you want to look a little local. Yeah. Let's bring in uh, Kelleen from San Francisco. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Alexis. Thank you. First of all, I want to say I'm a, a longtime forum listener, and I think you're doing a fantastic job as a host. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. And then I also just wanted to say that I really look forward to sparkling beverages. So when it's alcoholic, it's sparkling wine. And I like sparkling water, in particular, the super, super bubbly water, like mm, Topo Chico. Yeah. I crave that when it's ice cold at the end of the day or when it's beautiful outside. It's something I really, really look forward to, and then I don't feel I need to have an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, and do you are you have you found other ones aside from Topo Chico that have uh, that kind of the bubbliness that you want? Well, I think that's the problem. Is that any other bubbly water that I found it pales in comparison to the amount of effervescence <laughs> bubbles that are in Topo Chico, so then I just end up disappointed if I get a different brand. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, too. I mean, they're starting to offer now, like, a hard seltzer. So everybody, it kind of seems like the entire space is kind of growing towards each other here, um, which is... Yes, except for the... The Tobo Chico hard seltzer is terrible, so uh, don't, <laughs> I do not recommend that for anyone who is looking forward to Tobo Chico sparkling beverage. It's not oh. good. Well, thank you for saving me that purchase. I saw the uh, there's like a big billboard on A80 right now. I saw and wanted to try. Um, thank you so much, Colleen. Appreciate that. Thanks. Um, wanted to bring in Aaron from Mill Valley. Hey, good morning. Thanks hey, for Aaron. taking the call. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just wanted to um, contribute. I, I'm a part of a company that's making non-alcoholic beverages. And one of the things that we've really seen and we're excited about is the growing community and the audience that's out there right now for the drinks. Um, if anything, the pandemic has helped people understand that they may need to take a step back from drinking a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just finished our second dry January and it's been incredible to see the audience grow in this space. And, not just stick through it for dry January, but also kind of change their drinking habits throughout the rest of the year because there are so many new options now. Yeah, you know, I'm curious, uh, you know, dry January, I looked up the Google Trends for it, you know, before the show. And you can see over the last like five, six years, it's been, I mean, the popularity of the idea of not drinking in January has just taken off. It's it's wild to see. Did, did you see things fall off? Of course, things are going to fall off a little bit, I imagine, after dry January. But did you see them sort of uh, not fall all the way back down and kind of stay at a higher level than before? Yeah, what's really interesting is I think what happens, and there's some research that suggests that if people consider their relationship with alcohol with something like dry January, it may have a lasting impact. Um, mm. I can just speak for myself. Last year, I completed dry January for 
probably the fourth or fifth time, and I ended up drinking much less throughout the rest of the year, perhaps because I kind of recognized that I could go 30 days without alcohol and then took some longer extended stretches again. Um, there's some groups out there. One of them that I can think of is called A Thousand Hours Dry, which ends up being just over 40 days. And so that's another challenge that people give themselves. So, so yeah, it does seem like people kind of reevaluate after um, that month that they give up the alcohol. Yeah. What do you know about your customers? Like, how, how different are they from people who might um, buy alcohol drinks? Or, is you, or are you seeing largely the same kind of demographic of people, but just buying a different product? That's a great question. I think, you know, there's the customer that's kind of like the impossible foods customer who is, who generally doesn't eat meat, but um, will have meat from time to time, but also appreciates kind of like a plant, you know, plant-based meat. And then there's also the person who is, you know, specifically sober. And one of the things that we've done is just recognize that the community um, is wide and there's a few different approaches to sobriety, whether it's just you know, not drinking midweek or it's complete sobriety um, or even maybe just, you know, having a glass of wine at night and then finishing the night with a beverage like ours. Yeah. So it really, it's, it extends quite a wide range. So can we hear what your, uh, what is your company? What's your uh, product? Yeah, it's called Batera and um, we make three different sparkling beverages. They're all created by Michelin starred chef. We started the company in San Rafael, actually, at a commissary kitchen, and we're making, we were making them by batch for, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, and then we grew and expanded a little bit, and now we're bottling um, down in Southern California. Oh, wow. And give me the name again, just because I didn't actually, I couldn't catch the first time. Uh, it's called Batera, B-E-T-E-R-A. E-R-A, Batera. Hey, thank you so much for uh, sharing the industry wisdom with us there, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Let's bring in one last caller, Amber from Half Moon Bay. Welcome, Amber. Oh, hi. Hi, Alexis. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. Um, I've been totally into shrubs lately. Um, Mm. Tell tell people what a shrub is, yeah, for those who don't know. Yeah, so so it's any kind of vinegar-based drink. Usually, like, it's a vinegar plus, like, a simple uh, syrup and then sparkling water, and it's really nice and there's companies out there doing really nice things uh, little apple treats is my favorite they're local in north bay um, they actually do apple cider vinegar in a oak barrel and it's delicious by itself and then they do the shrubs also with super delicious flavors oh that's awesome and that one was called what was it called little apple tree little apple treats is the brand little apple treats okay that's perfect um, thank you so much, Amber. Really appreciate that call. Shrubs are yeah, truly delicious. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, Kate, you've uh, written about vinegars in the past. Could you, um, you know, talk about how that plays into these uh, non-alcohol drinks? I find vinegars more of like a nice ingredient to play with mm. other beverages. It's been a fantastic asset in regular proof and non-proof cocktails for a long time. It just adds that nice tartness. Uh, it's a really sustainable ingredient as well. So it's, it has a lot of draws to it. You can really make it out of so many vinegars and shrubs out of so many different ingredients. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, one of the things I, I wanted to address, Kate, was we have been having a bunch of people say how much hard seltzers suck. <laughs> and I was wondering um, if that is something that you, you've encountered. And if so, why are they you know, proliferating in the market? 
<laughs> uh, gotta say, I'm not keen on them. They're, they are a bit of a fad, but it does reflect an overall uh, shift in drinking behavior. You're seeing the white claws of the world. People are gravitating towards them because they're strong, but they're low in sugar, low in calories, gluten-free. They don't have all that kind of other stuff in them. And yes, perhaps they're not my favorite flavor profile, but they address a lot of like that health conscious aspect that people are looking for. They're not healthy for you, but they do kind of lack a lot of the sugars. <laughs> so yeah. I see the draw and I'm excited to see the hard seltzer category get a little better flavor yeah. profile wise. Yeah. <laughs> We've got uh, just a few uh, last comments here. Danny tweets, I've transitioned from drinking beer at home to having a local company called Seltzer Sisters come by every few weeks to exchange my supply of seltzer water bottles, a nice, healthy fizz I can enjoy with my son. Another listener tweets, shout out to Bitter Housewife for making an amazing line of creative bitters that can put the shine on non-alcoholic cocktails. And Michael tweets, I've found Athletic Brewing, which we were talking about earlier, puts out the best non-alcoholic beer on the market. Great IPAs with good malt and hop characteristics. We've been talking about non-alcoholic spirits with Kate Dingwall, food and drink contributor at Forbes.com. Thanks for joining us, Kate. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is Forum. Stay tuned for more after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.